Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Tommy waving away for audio listeners in his Ferrari t-shirt. That's right. Both of us wearing the exact same thing today. And I thought, get that off, Tommy. And not in a, you know, not in a weird way, because uh, we were live on Twitch. More of a, how dare you? But now I realize that whatever, it, whatever has happened today, we have to replicate for the rest of the season. Because my God, Tommy, it was a quality of dreams. It was unbelievable. Yeah. When I put this Ferrari shirt on to basically be like, oh, it'd be quite cool to see science on pole. I didn't expect it also to mean that Max is having an absolute mare, but here we are. And uh, yeah, it was uh, another insane quali. Um, but this time it looks like the race surely has to deliver as well because it's what a spicy grid indeed. Absolutely. Now, before we dive into uh, what happened in qualifying, we need to announce something very exciting, which is that we are now on Patreon, which means we can give you more of us to you, which means more exclusive podcasts, uh, an actual dedicated podcast series to classic races called A Short View Back to the Past. We have early access to live events. We've got a private Discord. All of the membership benefits will be available to look at on our Patreon, and it is very exciting indeed. So if you want to find out more about that, please click the link in the description. None of our content that we're doing for you now will change. Nothing will change. This is just an added addition, for want of a better word, if you want to have more of me and Tommy in your life. So there you go. Go check it out, eh, Tommy? Absolutely. Yeah, we. I've enjoyed already the first episode that we did. Well, we did two. Uh, the exclusive kind of classic race series, which was great to talk about some old school F1 um, and really going to enjoy that series. Actually, there's a lot of interesting races that we can dive into and people give suggestions. And then also a bit more of us kind of unfiltered chatting. Which we've called P1 After Dark. P1 After (laughs) Dark is the name apparently of uh, that particular episode and potentially the series of that uh, exclusive. Who knows? But um, yeah, so go and check it out. Right. Let's start with Q1 because we got to talk about one man. Lance Stroll. Tommy, he uh, quite rightly has received a lot of criticism this season in in particular. Obviously, he didn't start the way he wanted to with uh, obviously having that that injury, but uh, he hasn't really ever picked it up. And we saw another um, example, let's say, of uh, his season not going very well. I went for biggest good surprise, Lance Stroll. And he might well surprise us and still score a point. So I'm still holding out for that. But right now, obviously, a massive crash for him. Great to see him walk away from it because it was enormous. The car was left in tatters. Um, but yeah, it was uh, a shame, actually, because that Q1 session was going the way of chaos and craziness with uh, the track evolution giving drivers almost up to a second worth of lap time. It was absolutely unbelievable at the end, actually, the the track evolution when we were like, wait a minute, Sonoda's purple. This is, uh, I think, uh, I can't remember which team came on the radio. Was it Haas and said it's probably going to be about three? Yeah, it was Haas. Was it three tenths? Six tenths. Six Six tenths. I think it was even more than that because people were absolutely flying. Uh, and a few cars crossed the line. Stroll wasn't actually improving. Um, he was. He had a shocking lap anyway and didn't help from the fact that he had to weave through all the traffic, uh, which he chose to do, and then completely compromised the start of his lap anyway. So he was already on the back foot. 
and then spun and smashed into the wall. Like first thing, like you mentioned, you know, it's so good that he's okay in, in that situation because that is such a nasty crash. And it's almost like a kind of the safety is so good now that you kind of just expect them to walk away. And, and he did, um, you know, things like the hands device is a miracle worker in those situations because the force that he went into the barrier and his head flying around, um, that's done him a world of good. So, um, a big shame, uh, for, for him, but obviously glad, glad he's okay. But just another, another just awful moment in strolls, pretty awful uh season that he's having just uh, ever since the heroics really of Bahrain where he came back and we were like oh we can't question his motivation again because he's really fought to come back and had a really good race (laughs) arguably the best race was where his hand was absolutely buggered um because he was really good and then now he's just fallen off um and yeah it's it's just what more is there to say? He's just having a mare, isn't That's it? all right, mate. The slander, that was a good amount of slander. Let's yeah, uh, yeah. move on to Oscar Piastri now, who uh, was another driver that was knocked out in Q1. And unfortunately for him, uh, was basically the, the, the driver right behind uh, Lance Stroll when he'd had that crash and the red flag was out. And he didn't manage to get his lap time in because, of course, the uh, Aston Martin was all over the all over the shop and, and Oscar had to, to slow down. And, and he said that it wasn't the best lap of his life, but he thinks he, he would have made it out of Q1 uh, with with uh, with it being uninterrupted, uh, Zhou Guanyu and Bottas both Alfa Romeos out in Q1, and they've just looked really slow this weekend. In fact, probably the worst team out there um, around Singapore. And then Logan Sargent, yeah, it's just he'd actually set his lap from what I remember, so it wasn't like he was on his way to improve. He'd already done his lap, and he was 18th. So another poor weekend for Logan. I will have a slight tiny bit of sympathy with the fact it's Singapore and it's a very difficult track to, to get up to speed with. And the fact that Williams have been pretty dreadful around here in comparison to the likes of Monza and so on. Um, but that being said, still one of the slowest out there. Uh, I would not uh, give him that benefit of the doubt after a certain someone okay. in Alpha Tauri uh, did something very special indeed. So, um, why, why are you saying certain someone? Tell him. Shout his name from the rooftop. Oh, uh, well, are we, are we going straight in with the, well, the spoiler? It, it doesn't yeah, matter true. about spoilers, yeah, mate. If, if they're watching yeah, this, true. <laughs> but yeah, Liam Lawson, uh, unbelievable qualifying. And um, yeah, uh, he's um, kind of showing that this whole Logan Sargent getting a free pass because he's a rookie is just he's not getting that free pass anymore if if Logan's uh, sorry if uh, Lawson's come in with even less time uh, and is already delivering well so uh, yeah a poor performance from from Logie Bear again poor old Logie Bear uh, so yeah that was Q1 pretty much done and dusted as I say a shame that we didn't get to see because I think at the end there if Shoal hadn't crashed we might have seen a big a big name potentially get caught out by how much the track was ramping up. If you didn't manage to deliver right at the end, almost like a wet to dry quali, you may well have been knocked out. So, uh, so yeah, a bit of a shame uh, on that one. Q2 now. Q2. <laughs> how on earth do we talk about this? Because this is not what I expected to be talking about when it comes to Q2 at the Singapore Grand Prix. Both Red Bulls out. And Liam Lawson, of all people, knocking Max Verstappen out at the death. I thought he was going to get away with it again. I thought Max was going to do similar to Spa, where he was right on the cusp in Q2, and then no one improved and he managed to get through. 
we thought potentially that was going to happen again. Um, Yuki had put, I think, peeled off into the pits. But then Liam Lawson, the man, the myth, the legend. He's only had a few races. In, and fair enough, Tommy. You know, uh, Liam Lawson is proving that you can jump in and be quick. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was sensational from Liam Lawson, but obviously devastating for Verstappen and for Perez as well, who made that massive error in the first couple of corners. That Red Bull just was not good over one lap. Not at all. It, it looked not great. Like it wasn't, it wasn't those two, obviously they, they, they didn't deliver, but the, the Red Bull just generally just doesn't look all that at all around Singapore. It, it wasn't delivering. Um, they both, Verstappen also, where Perez spun, Verstappen had a moment in that very same corner. So they're obviously struggling um, in that part of the track. And yeah, of all the, of all the drivers to do it, Liam Lawson, when, when Verstappen was 10th and you saw Yuki Snowd, I think, come around and the time was counting up and I was like, why is Yuki not setting a lap here? Like, it almost looked like he aborted. There was a milli, like a tiny little thought in my brain that was like, are they getting the Alpha Tauris to back off it so Verstappen <laughs> can uh, get through? And if that's no, if that's not a like Alpha Tauri there for themselves, it you know nothing is because you know Helmut Marko wasn't there asking with a kill switch trying to turn the Alpha Tauris off and say stop because um, Lawson getting through, yeah, incredible seven thousandths of a second, um, so close, and I can't believe we're sat here where. Not only a Red Bull not look quickest, they're both out in Q2. The first time, I think they said since Sochi 2018. Um, but you know, this is the team that are, are on a, a record run at the moment and unbeaten in the season. And they are they are looking extremely mid. <laughs> Excuse me. They, that came out of nowhere. I know. I was just like, how do I explain this? Uh they are just they're looking they're very just, midfield. Yes. They are. Um, and it might not even it might get worse actually, as the time of recording right now, Verstappen has has visited the stewards and uh we don't know the outcome because he is under investigation for three separate incidents, uh stopping in the pit lane and impeding uh, whilst the session was live, uh being involved in the turn sixteen to turn nineteen chaos, and also impeding Yuki. Uh, who was then knocked out as well. Uh, I think two of them are... Well, I think in the impeding Yuki is a slam dunk, in my opinion. The impeding in the pit lane, I think, is a little bit more of a grey area. And I think the turn 16 to turn 19 chaos, I don't think that was actually him that did anything wrong, necessarily. Um, so, but I think potentially one, if not two penalties, are coming Verstappen's way. And that could mean six places on the grid, which means then he's starting from 17th. And at that point, you got to, as Red Bull, you've got to stick him in the pit lane and you've got to change everything and then get him to try and win the Singapore Grand Prix from the pit lane and to be the first ever driver to do that, ever. Yes, I think that would be the case, surely, if if um, he does get more penalties. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get one for impeding Yuki because Yuki didn't actually end up making it through in that session. Um, stopping in the pit lane was a weird one. Um, it's just such a weird incident. That it, I don't know what was going on there, um, and in terms well, he just waited. Of, he, yeah, he, he just, it was just so many cars in front of him. He just decided to slow down, which a lot of drivers have done. Like they, they tend to wait a little bit, then go. But he waited for too long. Like yeah, he had drivers yeah. behind him complaining on the radio. It was a, a strange thing to to do for Max when it just wasn't really that necessary. We've seen this before, haven't we? Where a driver dominates, and then it feels like when it goes wrong, it goes wrong. 
like I feel like that happened to Hamilton a few times where he was on a massive streak of dominance and then it was kind of like penalty, penalty, penalty or whatever. And this is happening again. Like it looks like Verstappen's everything that could go wrong throughout the year is all going to happen in one <laughs> one race where it's all concentrated uh, in one, you know, your jinxing power has like built up over the season. And uh, I told you. You, you said you were training, channeling it. Tommy. You're training, you're channeling it, and it's like a massive nuclear explosion of biggest flop, and it's just absolutely just destroyed. A nuclear him explosion go. of biggest flop. That's that is <laughs> that is a strange phrase that just come out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, but look, I said I said I was training over the year to get that biggest flop to work on a big dog like Max Verstappen, and it's finally happened. Um, and I'm sorry, Tommy, because of course you are a Max Verstappen fan, but you've had 10 in a row, so you can jog on. Mm-hmm. Um, question at AFC, AFC ADX49. Let's try and say that in English. Has the new technical directive hurt Red Bull massively or is it setup issues? I don't think it's, I think it's a coincidence, this whole technical directive of the flexi, flexi wings and floors and stuff, because their, their race pace still seems good. It's just, I believe, the particular setup and, and handling of the car over one lap just hasn't hasn't really worked out but long run pace still seems all right so i i think it's more coincidence in my opinion if we get to japan and they're off the pace i'll then be like hmm now this is even more coincidental uh but yeah for now i'm not going to jump on any any wagons of of they've been nerfed no because singapore is a very unique circuit i think even yesterday we were talking about how when Mercedes used to dominate, we used to get to Singapore, and for some reason that was the one track they used to to struggle at during that yeah. dominance. Because um, it is such a unique track, and uh, things can go wrong. It's very bumpy. It's it's such a yeah. It's so different to everything else on the calendar. So when we get to a normal track, like you say, like Suzuka, um, which in theory should be completely Red Bull dominant uh, or suit them down to the ground, then yeah. Sorry, there's an ice cream van and putting me off. No, uh, don't apologize. It's making me hungry. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Verstappen, if he's not good in Suzuka, then it's like, oh my God, they've nerfed Red Bull. But um, until then, I think it is just, they're just having an absolute mare, basically, to put it in technical terms. <laughs> they certainly, Tom, honestly, Tommy's insight is second to none. Mid having a mare, like, write these down, everybody. <laughs> Um, but no, what we saw in qualifying after this moment was what 2023 would have been like if Red Bull had been slightly more washed and just been, just come back to the pack a little bit. And all of a sudden we have got chaos upon chaos. Next question from MZT from our P1 Patreon members discord. Yeah. Yeah. If Lawson can score points, what does this do to the driver market? What it does is secure Yuki Sonoda into unemployment for a little while, I believe. That's what I that's what I wholeheartedly believe. I think Daniel Ricciardo is fine. We've spoken about this. Daniel Ricciardo brings more than just a decent driver, marketability. There's a lot that Daniel Ricciardo brings, in my opinion. Um, so Lawson continues on this run of form, shows that Yuki Tsunoda maybe isn't actually as good as perhaps we all thought. Uh, and yeah, it's a shame because Yuki has had a good season, but... Lawson to be able to extract what he is already out of that car without, let's say, he doesn't fully understand that car yet. There's no way he can. But to do it around a track like Singapore and to 
you know, pull out a Q3 performance. Solid. I know Yuki didn't have the cleanest of qualifying, so it's hard to to fully judge him. But Liam's been on his pace, uh, which you can't deny. No, uh, yeah, Yuki was was unlucky in the session, but yeah, I think he will be sweating a bit uh, if Lawson keeps delivering. Quite literally, I mean, Singapore, yeah. mate, it's a hot, it's a hot race. You know what I mean? Yeah, he needs yeah. a nice bath. The I'd love to know. <laughs> I'd love, I'd have loved a Cameron helmet, Marco, when Liam Lawson knocked Max Verstappen out because it's like a yes, oh no. Um, moment because you know Lawson obviously being a Red Bull junior uh, they want to see them do well but don't want to see him knock out Max Verstappen so but it was conflicted so he's either he's either getting promoted to Red Bull next race or he's being fired from the Red Bull junior program we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> to be honest if we did have a camera on Helmut Marco he's probably ferociously trying to create a kill switch uh, before Liam Lawson went over the line with all of the bits and bobs in the rebel garage, but um, unfortunately he didn't manage to. to he, Yuki's one worked, but the uh, but the Liam Lawson kill switch didn't work, so he's going to have to get that fixed for next time. Yeah, it's probably actually making one right now. So it's for the race. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May the 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Okay, let's move to Q3 now. And no Red Bull. No Red Bull in the fight for pole. And it created a pretty amazing battle uh, between the two Ferraris uh, and George Russell. Uh, Question from Blake Mogfsim. Is signs better than Leclerc at the moment? Next question. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, he is. And it hurts me. This is not the time for Charles Leclerc to have a slip, to, to not be on, the, on form because Ferrari actually look good now. Uh, but no, Carlos Sainz has been fantastic. So for everyone out there that has been saying there's a P1 curse can jog on because since we spoke to him in Zandvoort, He's been the GOAT. He's been number two, as you said, I think, on the Twitch stream, Tommy, behind Verstappen in terms of most highly performing drivers. So, yes, science is better than Leclerc at the moment. I think he's, he's even said himself that he understands the car better um, and he's just driving with a lot of confidence. And, and to do it in qualifying as well, that's supposed to be Charles Leclerc's specialty uh, is on the Saturday. Um, but, yeah, Carlos has been fantastic. You, you, you cannot take anything away from him. He's been unbelievable. Like he's driving so well at the moment. I think it's kind of been it's kind of been coming for the season really that he's had these moments and he's he's kind of got 
bad grades in our ratings this year because he's made like like a silly error or or he's been up there and then something's gone wrong like he's sped in the pit lane or or he's had an incident but the pace is there and it it did look like it seemed like before Zandvoort we were constantly every time we did our drive ratings going Carlos is actually like on Leclerc's pace now he's just kind of slipping up at the last hurdle or making a silly silly error or, or something like this now that's gone he's He's absolutely on it. And um, yeah, for Charles Leclerc fans, and and it is a, a bit of a worry that, that science is performing really well because what Leclerc had on science was, yes, Leclerc was probably a bit more crash happy and would have a mistake in him because he was pushing the car so much. But it was Leclerc's pace that, that kind of got him the benefit of the doubt. And if, if science starts to beat him on that, and particularly in qualifying... Um, it's quite quite crazy but that being said it is the smallest of margins um, I mean Leclerc starts third which on paper you go oh he's third he's not even on the front row but it's 0. 0.07 or 0. 0.08 if you round it up um, so it's incredibly close uh, and my god if he gets a if he gets a good start tomorrow we could see a bit of a, a ding dong again what, what are going to Ferrari going to do if those two are are battling don't want to think about it uh do not want to think about it i i do wonder actually you know charlotte claire hasn't had the best of seasons he has had quite a few mistakes i wonder if after the last one in zandvoort whether there is a tiny bit of a knock of the confidence you know in the sense of he doesn't drive it potentially as on the edge hard and on the limit as perhaps he did do and because I imagine you have to be firing on all cylinders when it comes to confidence if you aren't going to drive the car as hard as Charles has done in the past to secure some incredible pole positions. It's just a theory and obviously something we can't prove, but I do wonder why there has been a bit of a, a fall-off uh, for Charles. But I think it's more that Carlos Sainz has has picked himself up and he's he's really got a handle of that car, to be honest with you. I think Carlos has done a, a fantastic job. I think it's more the expect to us, and he just said, absolutely not. No P1 curse for me. Channeled all its power into being good. Next question, Laos1507. How much of a disadvantage will starting on the dirty side of the grid be for Russell? Ferrari 1-2 after turn three, question mark? Don't know why I say question mark. Um, it's not a long run down towards turn one. The dirty side of the grid is always a slight disadvantage, but you know, realistically, it's not going to be, probably in my opinion, that that much of a, of a, of a hurt for, for Russell. And also, worth mentioning as we are talking about George, uh, he's got a fresh, another fresh set of mediums for the race, which he said quite happily to, uh, in the um, in the in the post quali interview that that no one else around him does have that. So that is a luxury for George uh, in the race if he wants to do some kind of undercut and and go aggressive on a, on a fresh set of mediums, he can do that. So um, I don't think it'll be a Ferrari one two after turn three, if anything. My gut feeling is that it's going to be a George Russell victory tomorrow. Uh, I think Mercedes are looking really good. We know what Ferrari can sometimes be like with their race pace. Um, so for me, and I don't know if I'm trying to anti-jinx here, uh, it's a George Russell uh, dub tomorrow. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the the way the first corner is as well, yes, it's a one of those tracks that you know doesn't get used everywhere else. So it's a... There's a lot of dirt offline. That's why it's also so hard to to pass. But 
as you go into that first corner, the, the person in P2 does have the inside line and the nature of that turn one, because it also, you know, it's a very sharp left-hander, but then goes into a right-hander. We don't see people go around the outside of that. It's too risky to kind of get that run. So I'd be surprised if if Russell lost a, lost a place at, at turn one. I mean, it's obviously possible, um, but I don't think it's a huge disadvantage. Um, but it's, it's, it's so exciting um, because... Yeah, we've got different teams in the mix. There's, I don't, I don't, or I don't really know what what would be best for the race. Um, if Russell gets ahead, if if he's behind both Ferraris, if he's in the middle of them, um, it, it's such a novel thing to think that the Red Bulls are so far down the road and not in contention at all, really. So um, it's going to be fascinating. Certainly is. Uh, let's now talk about Haas because they they basically caused. Uh, Max Verstappen to go out as well because I don't think we really expected such a performance, especially from K-Mag, uh, who lines up sixth on the grid uh, after an amazing Q3 performance, not far behind Lewis Hamilton in fifth as well. Um, but yeah, K-Mag and Hulkenberg down in ninth, you know, slightly, maybe slightly disappointing in comparison to his teammate considering uh, the, the the delta that Hulkenberg has had uh, over Magnussen um, this season. But yeah, both Hasses in the top 10. Can't wait for them to fall like a stone and finish 19th and 20th uh, come the end of uh, Sunday. But for now, another great quality performance. We haven't seen it for a little while from from Haas, at least from both of them. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they can do anything. Uh, are they going to be the the cork in the bottle for for, for, uh, for Stappen, who's trying to get through? Because it's not, it's not easy to overtake around Singapore. No, Verstappen will be wishing they did have DRS on that that straight now because, um, yeah, it's going to be hard to pass. But I didn't know whether to say it or not, but you've already said it that because um, it's a bit of a party pooper, but it's just fact that Haas are probably going to finish about 14th and 15th if they're lucky because their tyres will just go off a cliff. It, it's a weird thing this season, isn't it, that you kind of heating up your tyres is a good thing, but then screws you in the in the race um, that we've we've seen it. That, that a car could be really good at qualifying. You know, there are has have been a, essentially a more, I think you've said this before, a more extreme version of Ferrari where they can do that one lap amazingly well and then just their tires fall off a cliff. I mean, we saw Hulkenberg pitting in a sprint race because he was struggling so much, um, <laughs> which is just insane. So, um, yeah, the, the opposite, I guess, on on Red Bull from, from that side. So, yeah, uh, it's a really... Really good job from from Haas. Uh, Magnussen being head of Hulkenberg. Uh, it's about about time, but this does feel like a K-Mag track. It's one of those tracks where it requ- requires kind of big balls, basically, and a lot of bravery. So um, that's very oh, K-Mag, You are on one today, I tell you. you. You are on one. I love it. Sorry, um, I to, uh, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, I, I would say that it's not, they're not, I was joking about the P1920. I don't think they're destined to not score points because the characteristics of Singapore and also uh, they're being reasonably low deg, as Max Verstappen said in his post-quality interview, that might play into Haas's hands. We don't know. And they could literally just have a, a Haas train going on for, for a lot of the race. So uh, let's see. If you're a Haas fan, don't give up hope just yet after listening to, to, to our podcast. Next question. Game Changer 08. What happened to Alonso? Really thought Aston Martin would do well in these types of circuits. Also, thoughts on Russell about qualifying Hamilton. Well, first and foremost, Alonso was very hyped for Singapore. Tommy, 
was also very hyped for Singapore. And what did we get? A, a very mediocre Q3 performance, I would say, from Alonso. Uh, in fact, he only went a couple of tenths quicker than what he managed in Q2. When you compare it to drivers around him, Sainz went five tenths quicker. Russell went seven tenths quicker. Charles went a second quicker. Lando went seven tenths. So there was a big step for a lot of people from Q2 to Q3. But Alonso didn't manage to to really deliver on that because if he had, he might have been sitting around fourth. Yeah, Alonso's had a had a mare that it's it's such a shame because yeah, Aston Martin, uh, like like game changers said, thought would be good around here. Uh, also thought that in Hungary. I did say I was going big delusion and a bit of um, optimism, but it's not worked out because yeah, it's a it's a shame Aston Martin that hype at the start of the season really has deflated big time. Um, and this should have been this. This was a track that Alonso was hyping up from the very start of the year, but it really has not gone their way. Pretty much since Silverstone, um, there's talk that you know that tire change kind of hurt them a little bit as well. But yeah, they're just not looking, not looking it really. Uh, and that's kind of shown from the fact that Alonso is almost hanging on to, but uh, like a good points finish while Stroll has just kind of fallen off a cliff and having an absolute uh, horrendous season. You almost said mayor, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also the uh, the thoughts on Russell out qualifying Hamilton. Obviously Russell's had a, an amazing weekend uh, this weekend. He's looked strong throughout practice and also qualifying. And to put four tenths on Lewis Hamilton, that's no at mean Singapore. feat. Yeah, at Singapore, that obviously we, we lord of him having his amazing 2018 quali lap round here. You know, I, I predicted in pole and, and Mercedes were there, but in the hands of George Russell, uh, who obviously very narrowly missed out on pole position himself. Uh, yeah, a, a really strong weekend from George. Over the course of the season, Hamilton has been better. Um, you can't deny that. But if George has a strong end to the season, then uh, he'll be pretty happy with that. Yeah, surprising that that since kind of we've got to that that summer break that Russell seems to have picked up his game a bit. Um, we can't, we kind of seen the start of, of this year being that Hamilton has been much better and uh, particularly in, in qualifying. I think the qualifying is where Russell's been let down a lot uh, and to put, yeah, four tenths uh, on, on Hamilton at Singapore of all places that Hamilton is so good at uh, is incredibly impressive it is a big statement from from russell when people like myself will admit that yeah maybe maybe we're starting to think that maybe was he a little bit overhyped or or is he fallen off a little bit but he's very very impressive lap and fair play to him he's done very very good lap certainly did uh and finally a question from ronak where do you think the red bulls are going to finish tomorrow that is a good question. Where do I think they're going to finish? I think Max Verstappen will finish in sixth place. And I think Sergio Perez will finish in... Wow, if Verstappen starts 17th, sixth is even a stretch, I think. Uh, he'll probably go long. I reckon he'll start on hard tyres or something and just go for 500 laps, overcut everybody, and then probably finish about sixth, actually. And I think Perez will finish... Yeah, I can I can see it being like, yeah, maybe if Verstappen gets the penalties, maybe um, Perez in like fifth or sixth, Verstappen maybe seventh, something like that. 
Um, it's crazy to think, but um, that it's looking not not a hundred percent, but very likely that the the streak could come to an end, and they're not anywhere really. It's not a bo- it's not a bold prediction to say that they're not in the mix. Like it's it would be a miracle if they won. I think. Yeah, like the, the way agree. the way it's going, like they they it's not as kind of there'll be a lot of people hearing us go, oh, are you joking? Like it's Red Bull, of course they're going to win. They they're not in the mix at all. Like they're, they're struggling big time. Uh, and a track like Singapore, when you're going to start seventeenth, you're going to need something uh, incredible to potentially seventeenth. Potentially, yeah. Um, but even from from eleventh, it's going to be a big struggle. He's going to lose a lot of time behind other cars. Um, but it's going to be a fascinating race. Uh, one one thing I was going to ask you, actually, I think I already know the answer, is is there any part of you that's maybe a little bit disappointed that if the streak comes to an end, they're not, e- like, it's, they're not even in the fight to kind of battle, or is it just like someone, it's someone else's turn, it's fine that they're out of it? Okay, let me just process that question. Am I disappointed that Red Bull is not in the hunt to no, but do you know what I mean? their like... entire season-long winning streak. Let no, me no, think no. about that, no, no, Tommy. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Let me word it in a way that's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's kind of like this, maybe like an epic race where someone no. beats Verstappen in wheel-to-wheel or it's just no. like, oh, actually, I'm glad no. they don't exist. Bye. Yeah. No. I thought that would I'm be the so case. I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for one race. No, that's us... fair. Let them all fight for the win without having to worry about Verstappen coming through with his Giga Chad music and just, you know, <laughs> flying past. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, there's not one one ounce of me that's upset that the, he's not like third on the grid or something because we all know what would happen. He'd probably win. And I think I think it is genuine as well. Like Max Verstappen is not one of... It, it, he's not like what the Mercedes guys did for a long time where they were kind of like, oh, we're not that quick. And when they just were, like Verstappen has been to the point of trolling everyone else where he's like, yeah, I like winning at the front. We're so much quicker than everyone else. I've got so much pace in hand. He he says it out how it is. So when he's there in an interview saying like, I just want to go home, like I want, he even said he wants the race to be over as quick as possible. He He's, uh, it's genuine. He's like, he knows that he's not winning this race, like, which is wild to think about. It's just mad. It's absolutely mad. Um, but let's see. He might do it. He might get 11 in a row from 11th on the grid, potentially, if he doesn't get any penalties. Ooh. But he's definitely going to get a penalty, surely. Yeah. Right, that is it. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Remember, go and check out our new Patreon if you want more exclusive, beautiful content from us and lots of other benefits and perks. Uh, the link will be uh, in our social media. We've been posting a lot about it as well, and it'll be on YouTube and so on and so forth. Tommy, what are your final thoughts, sir? Uh, final thoughts are that I am buzzing for the Twitch watch long tomorrow because it is going to be serious hype. Um, because I think you said this to me just before we we went online. Like, when was the last time we got to the start of a race day and it's like, I have no idea who's going to win? Yeah. Or, or like, I'm our ready. prediction. Yeah, I'm ready. It's going to be exciting. Matt P1 Tommy on Twitch. If you want to come and join us, we had a lot of people watching. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Holly, and uh, I think it's going to be a big one tomorrow as well. So come and join the fun, and we'll see you very soon for another piece of content. Bye! Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.